RadioInfluence.com. As America's zone coach, premier thought leader, and the world's number one coach of champions, Jim Fannin has guided the careers of the best pro athletes from 10 sports and business executives from 50 industries. He has coached individuals, families, relationships, students, and entire cities in simplifying and balancing their lives for more than 40 years. From winning Wimbledon, the World Series, and a gold medal to losing 68 pounds, saving lost marriages, or overcoming financial ruin, Jim Fannin has been behind the scenes guiding individuals through the intricate process of peak performance. His success tools are not just for the superstar. They're designed to help you reach your full potential as you tap into life's most successful mindset, the zone. Now, please welcome the coach of champions and America's zone coach, Jim Fannin. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Jim Fannin Show. I'm Jim Fannin. Hey, I'm Seth, Jim Psychic and producer here on America's Most Positive Podcast. Jim with a big smile on his face. What's on your mind? You know, I am smiling. Uh, It is the fourth quarter. It is the 12th month. And my thoughts are about closing. And I think that's something that uh, every champion uh, has an expertise at closing. I'm coaching two golfers. They both shoot 70. One is so happy. One is not happy at all. And I've mentioned this on this show before. Same score. One's happy, one's not. Well, the person that's not happy uh, had their personal best in the opening nine holes. In fact, he thought he was going to shoot a 54. Near perfect. And obviously got a little too excited. Did not close. Finished bogey, bogey, double. Uh, to shoot 70. He's unhappy because he believes he threw the round of his life away. The other person gets off to a horrific start. I mean, can't find the fairway, the green. He's not striking the ball well, and he just attracts the zone in the last six holes. Birdie, 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 eagle, birdie to pull out a 70. He's clicking his heels. He's happy. Closing is a big deal. And let's face it, you know, year-end bonuses are happening right now. Yes, those bonuses, they should be 12-month bonuses. But what you do in those last three months, what you have done bringing in that big account in December, come on, you know that (laughs) has a big influence on that bonus. It really does. So closing with quotas, if you're a salesperson, closing in sports, uh, we're a little past midway in the NFL season, you got to close. NBA's getting started, maybe you don't need to close, but everybody's watching the NBA game. It's what you do in the last two minutes that makes a difference. That's really where the best in in the world shine and and reach their peak performance. And you know, the irony is that uh, the month that you really need to close out the best is also the month with the most distractions, the most things that can pull you out of this. (laughs) It's a reality. it, It does. But you know, Seth, if you have abnormal dreams... Being number one in the world, I've had a lot of people say, that that's why I'm here. That's why I want to coach. Number one in the world. They know it's going to be a very steep, uh, arduous climb uh, to uh, dethrone someone else, uh, go through this ferocious competition. Um, 
But they definitely uh, have to think in an abnormal way. You can't think like you've been thinking, and you, you can't think like everybody else. The best in the world narrow their focus, execute the fundamentals of your business, fundamentals of customer service, the fundamentals of sales with follow-up, but the fundamentals of every sport, the basics, and whoever executes the basics when the money's on the table, and I would say money's on the table in December, well, those are the people that pick up the money. But there's something else that happens. As you ascend the apex of your industry or you ascend the very pinnacle of your sport, you will at some point have to scale the wall of scrutiny. The wall of scrutiny. It almost seems like a real place where I'm going up a sheer cliff. It doesn't last that long, but the winds can get up to 200 miles an hour, easily knock you off that cliff face. So the wall of scrutiny. Well, that's when you get up to a lofty position, and here come the pundits. Uh, Here come the uh, people on television. Uh, dissecting every performance that you've had, looking into your background, uh, dissecting your statistics. Um, And I think self-esteem gets abused and attacked, and there's self-abuse definitely uh, as you climb that wall of scrutiny. You're going to have scrutiny from your family, your friends, your own company team members, Uh, You're definitely going to have scrutiny from a board of directors. Uh, You're going to have scrutiny from investors at this time of year. If you have a small investment in your company, you're going to have to scale that steep, arduous wall of scrutiny. Self-esteem, that's what you think other people think about you. And the champions that get past this wall of scrutiny, well, they've got thick skin. And some of them just... Don't give a hoot what other people think. They have their convictions. Uh, They have their dream. And there is an elevator, Seth, that you can actually bypass the wall of scrutiny. You can just get right through it. Wouldn't that be nice instead of getting out there on the cliff face and going straight up, repelling? There is an elevator. I would take the elevator because it's very fun to map out your your goals. And then you got to walk to your goals, climb to your goals. If you can get past that part... Uh, well, the wall, no. wall of scrutiny is... Um, uh, it, it'll have some slings and arrows coming at you. They're going to try to take you down. Uh, your competitors, they're going to take you down. I mean, hopefully you're not in politics. There's definitely a wall of scrutiny. Some of it's real, some of it's not real. I mean, that's a brutal competitive field. What's the elevator? If you have a dream that is so clear in your mind, in fact, right now, picture that dream in a movie setting. Unhinge your jaw. Just relax. Take a couple of deep breaths. Get in state. Remember, your subconscious does not know the difference between fantasy and reality. And a vision is how you'll be. It's not just a goal that you've set. We can have another show on goal setting. But a vision is when all those goals are met, here's how I am. And there's typically a difference. There's a difference in maybe your lifestyle. You've elevated your lifestyle. Maybe you've changed geographical locations. 
uh, in this lofty position. Maybe you have a new circle of people that you hang out with and socialize with. So there is definitely um, a metamorphosis, if you will, as you climb the ladder of success. And you need to be absolutely prepared. And that elevator is the vision. And right now, see the vision in your mind. See the change that you've wanted. See the new healthy lifestyle. Diet? Come on, you don't want to do anything that has D-I-E in it. I don't want to have a diet. <laughs> I mean, that just the word diet is terrifying. How about a lifestyle change, a, a healthy lifestyle change? Why? Because I love my body and I haven't been treating it as a champion. So whatever arena that you're in, you may pass through that wall of scrutiny. But if a vision is in your mind and it puts you in bed at night, literally as you drift off to sleep, hold that image you have right now. We're talking about your vision. Maybe it's going to be manifesting in a year, maybe three months. Maybe this is a 10-year quest that could be a lofty vision. Maybe that's how you're going to retire and have a new career. You need that mental image. It should tuck you in bed at night. And we know from science, if you picture it at night, when you go into a deep REM state, it's going to be replayed 15 to 20 times. That's going to hardwire that vision totally into your mind. And when you wake up in the morning, wake up with a vision hopefully with a smile on your face. And when you wake up, don't, don't go to the bathroom. Just sit there and have a little short clip, a little movie that you've created. You're the director. You're the actor. You're the choreographer. Place that in your mind in, as if it's real. That vision, by framing your day every morning, every night, every morning, every night, it frames your day. Once you hit that wall of scrutiny... When people are coming after you and there's a little controversy and maybe there's some naysayers, maybe they don't believe the direction of the company that you're leading, but you have that vision and it's so strong, it's going to take you like an elevator to the top. It'll give you thick skin so that you can withstand all the slings and arrows that are coming at you. Uh, if just because you're doing a great job doesn't mean those slings and arrows are not going to come. Jim, the, the most extreme kind of criticism I think I've seen in 2018, <laughs> the president of Nigeria who had experienced an illness was kind of out of work, so to speak for three to four months was accused by conspiracy theorists of cloning himself. Wow. <laughs> wow. So it doesn't matter how good you are. Wow. Or it, it doesn't even matter if you just were a little bit sick and then came back to work. Somebody's not going to like something that you do. And you, you got to know that before you begin. If you're in competition, you're going to have naysayers. If you're on a team, uh, you're going to have competitive teams coming up against you. And you're going to have people on the sidelines, family, friends, etc., uh, questioning uh, what you're doing. And maybe that's every arena of your life. But if you've got a strong vision for every arena, you'll get in that elevator and it will pull you right up through the wall of scrutiny. I've got three clients right now who are climbing 
with no rappelling gear, no mountain gear, no special footwear. They're climbing that sheer walk, that wall of scrutiny. They're going up it right now. And one called me yesterday, second-guessing himself. And I'm like, whoa, hold up. Who's talking? Is that you? You haven't talked like that all year. Why are you talking like, well, you know, maybe this, maybe that. Be decisive this year. Be, be performing with conviction. Every vision of every arena of your life needs to have corresponding goals. And those goals, one step at a time, walk you up the mountain of success. And you're going to the top. But I'll tell you what happens when you get there. I've walked a lot of people up to the top. I, I'm a mental Sherpa helping people get to that apex. And then I stop about 50 feet away from the top, and I, I look and I say, I can't go any further. you got to go by yourself. You don't need me. you got this. And then when you finally get there, you're going to realize something. As you look around 360, you're on your own personal Mount Everest, there ain't no more footprints. The only footprints are yours. And it can be lonely. And that's why that wall of scrutiny as you go up, uh, it can be debilitating. Uh, it can put you in a fetal position. It can put severe stress, worry, anxiety, and then the dreaded fear. And I've seen more superstar talents in business and in sports not perform at their best or even at their high standard because of fear, because of anxiety, because of stress. And so much of that came during their climb of the wall of scrutiny. And it's right below the top uh, of uh, that apex of where you want to go. And, and so, you know, success is one step at a time. Next, well, that's your battle cry, no doubt about it. And you need to be decisive on the path that you're taking up the mountain. Sometimes it's two steps up, one back, because that's just the nature of the landscape that you have to navigate. But the wall of scrutiny, immunize yourself. Thick skin. We run a gauntlet, Seth, every day of score breakers. External stimuli. Internal stimuli, my expectations may be too low or, or too high, or maybe I'm so in love that I can't think, and now my business suffers. Okay, it happens. We've all, we've all experienced uh, different score breakers, but we run a gauntlet, and never before in the history of mankind have we had so much information coming at every angle, some of it valid, some invalid, some pertinent, some wasteful, but it's still a lot. And keeping this thing simple as you climb this mountain of success, well, uh, that's something that we all need to adhere to, simplicity. You know, Jim, I actually just listened to an audiobook on the way in that I find so many moments where the score system is just reconfirmed in little bits. And this one was a study about how the more negative news you consume, the more likely you are to consume too many calories that day and make purchases you regret. And, and so the simplicity thing, uh, man, if you want to get up that cliff, you just got to clear everything well, away. Well, let's, let's talk about how that impacts you. You sit down to lunch 
today or are you going to have dinner? And when you sit down, uh, you're kind of looking up in the left corner, upper part of your brain, and that's where your memory's housed. And you're replaying a couple of negative things someone said, someone did, and you put it on a little loop. The next thing you know, you will not put your fork down between bites. The next thing you know, there's a good chance you won't even hydrate while you're eating. You're just putting the fork, filling it up. While you're thinking negative thoughts, eating it, keep thinking the negative thoughts, your fork goes back on the plate, fills it up again, and maybe you're even talking to somebody. Without realizing it, you've eaten too fast. And, and the more difficult that vision in your brain, that challenge that you keep combating, you're going to see the faster you eat. The faster you eat, uh, you're now full before your body realizes it. You've overeaten. And within four or five days, you've gained a couple of pounds. How did that happen? How did that happen? So negative thoughts uh, can really take you off your game. But, you know, you've got to look at your brain um, as this castle of importance. It's all about you. And you need to build a moat, M-O-A-T, around that castle to not let anything impregnate the castle. Nothing comes in. So you need to have a guard on duty 24-7, even when you're sleeping. Well, who is that sentry? What is that sentry that protects you from all this information, all the negativity, from the wall of scrutiny? Well, that sentry is your vision that you've hardwired. And that hardwire forms that moat, and it protects you. So we all have lofty goals, and some of us have more than others. And, and listening right now, I know you've got some things you want to do you've never done before. I know you would love to get out of your comfort zone, but you're not jumping off the cliff with the belief that you can fly. I get that. We all have experienced that. The best in the world has experienced that. That's that internal ba battle, I can do it, I can't do it. It's amazing how we can have those two fighting. But those naysayers inside your mind, they probably came from outside, from other people. I, I can remember walking in after paying a marketing chair, $5,000, on a franchise that I wanted to launch back in the 1970s. Now, I already paid the guy. You can't do that. This is not going to happen. He gave me every reason why it wouldn't work. He didn't give me, me any. I thought, wow, I paid this guy five grand. He, he hasn't <laughs> given me a positive at all. I, I, I could have mailed it in and, and, and not wasted my physical time with this guy. But he didn't know me. And what he didn't know, I had a vision. And it wasn't about me. It was about the end users of the franchise and how their life had changed. So it's a time of the year to re-up your vision and reconnect and, and redefine with timeline these goals that are going to stepping stone you one at a time up that cliff 
through the wall of scrutiny of any naysayers until you can get to the top. You know, Jim, if I can pull back a quote that I've, I've mentioned on the show before, uh, Phil Jackson was famous for saying that uh, every team plays against peripheral opponents. What he meant by that was agents, ex-girlfriends, shoe deals. <laughs> that those three factors on every single team, it was something you just had to battle against. And if you were going to go somewhere special, like you, you're saying this week, the theme this week is you got to clear that stuff out. I, I had a young client going into the Phoenix Open, one of the top uh, tournaments on the tour, uh, a great tournament, waste management uh, event uh, in the desert, in Arizona. And he, all he wanted to know is, do you like my autograph like this or like this? Because if I write it like this, I, I can write it faster. Because yesterday, I didn't have time to sign everybody. I don't think my autograph was any good. And I, I looked at him and I go, you're concerned about your autograph? Are you serious? No one is going to give a crap about your autograph if you don't put a white ball into 18 cups with the least amount of swings. And if you can't do that, no one wants your autograph. They'll forget your name. So you're right. There's so many peripheral things. There's so many score breakers. And we walk a gauntlet. But you've got to keep your mind really simple. I, I like the commercial although I'm a Chicago Bears fan, and this one is favoring the Green Bay Packers. And by the way, McCarthy is not in the zone. <laughs> yeah, we'll get so, to that later uh, in the show and as we'll. See. And, and some Green Bay Packers may not be in the zone, fans, but maybe some are cheering that uh, this will set uh, uh, Rodgers free. But that's another subject. But the commercial on television shows in uh, Chicago Stadium um, Aaron Rodgers wearing headphones that they're trying to sell. And um, all of a sudden, the fans in the stands with bear uniforms start disappearing. The Bears logo disappears. Now, the stands are full, but all of a sudden, the stand's empty. And the only person that he sees or hears is a Green Bay Packers fan, a little girl, that he's going over to sign a commercial. I don't know if you, he's going to sign an autograph. The point is the best in the world can put blinders on, put headphones on, and block out the noise that doesn't matter because it is a steep climb. There will be challenges. Uh, you need to do it with simplicity. You need to do it one step at a time, and you need to have perseverance. Uh, but that vision, uh, I, I've always said there's two ways to go to the top. Well, you can work your way up. Most of us have done that, you know, two steps up, one back. You know, you learn a little bit, and you keep improving. You keep climbing. You keep climbing. That is a way to the top. And then, of course, I've had some clients that said, uh, well, the other way to the top is uh, just go there. I'm already there. And they just went there mentally, and that vision was so strong. They've thought about it so many times for so long of a time that they were comfortable uh, being in that position of success. A lot of people are afraid of success. Uh, and a lot of my clients, when they've uh, entered an agreement with me, uh, that came to the forefront right off the bat. I got the talent. In fact, I'm sick. Everybody tell me how good I am. I had two clients tell me that uh, in the month of November. I'm sick of everybody telling me how good I am. I said, why, why are you sick of it? 
Are you sick of it because you haven't realized it? Is that the deal? Are you sick of it because it's reminding me, reminding you of your failure? Failure. Um, you know, this is something you need to deal with. And um, uh, success. Uh, also, I, I want to <clears throat> point out to everybody: it's not having money, it's not having the biggest house. Uh, success is what you believe it is, and I really think that true success is being your genuine, authentic, best self. And you may have 10 bucks in your pocket or 10 million in your pocket, uh, but that doesn't define success. And uh, success is in your heart, success is in your mind, and uh, the people that are the most successful, I've also learned, they give a lot. And uh, December is the time to do that, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Jim, if I can just drop one more piece in here for you to, to riff off of. Having a conversation with a friend recently, it, most of us would assume that the stated purpose of a business, one of the big ones is to make money, right? If you don't make money, you don't have a business anymore because you can't pay your bills. Yeah, if you don't sell something, you ain't going to make any money. And I got it. My, my friend of mine, and I just pushed back on him gently because we're friends and I thought it would help. He said, oh, man, we're just we're trying to hire this rock star person out of, uh, you know, out of another major city. And I was like, do you have do you have the money for that? I mean, that sounds really expensive. Are you, you sure about that? And he's like, well, it would look really good to our industry. Wow. And that just gave me a little concern because I was like, but you, you're buying something. You don't have money and asking somebody to move. And it's not necessarily going to help you grow or be more profitable you're a little bit obsessed with how you look to the people you're competing against. And that's, that's probably not healthy. So your vision's going to go somewhere. If you don't put it right at the top of Mount Everest, it's going to drift off somewhere else. Well, it's about, you know, everybody wants to write a book. I've had a lot of people, oh, I've got this novel in me. It, it's, but it's not about writing the book. It's what you want the reader to think and do once they finish the book or as they're actually reading the book. Success in business is about what your clients or customers think and consequently do. You know, as a business person, uh, if you have a service business, uh, you're trying to help, and, and it's a B2B business, well, I'm trying to help that business save on the expense side, and I can help contribute to that. And I can make everything easier and better. Or I can help them on the income side to make that better. But again, it's all about what that B2B customer thinks and what they do. And um, the competition, I found, can turn people ugly, can turn people mean. Uh, they can have the belief that they need to be ferocious, predatory, um, vicious, killer, killer instinct. I get all that. I get the killer instinct. But, you know, that instinct is really just matching the intensity of the competition. Um, that's what killer instinct. But those other words that causes me to be not nice and mean and vicious, I don't think that's necessary. I, I think you can have it all. I think you can have a blessed life. I think you, you can have great health if that's a priority. And I think you can do business uh, with people you thoroughly enjoy. Uh, but it's not about making money. Money is the aftermath 
of the process of your business. Money is how we keep score in America, especially. We keep score like that. But is that really success? You know, I, I want to say something about uh, our 41st president, who is lying in state right now, uh, George Bush, uh, 41st president. Um, what they're talking about him um, is not all the accolades and not all the bills that he passed and not all the laws that went into effect. Uh, the talk is about what a great humanitarian he was, what a great giver he was. Um, and uh, that just shows me, wow, what a successful life. It, you know, what are people going to say about you at your eulogy? Wow, if we could have people talk to about us at our eulogy like people are talking about George Bush, uh, I'd say you've had a very successful life. But it wasn't about his hardcore confidence, how much money he made, any of those things. Yeah, you know, a clip that I heard from the 1980s that I absolutely loved yeah, and hey, I get it. I worked in media. I understand that you've got to have a story, right? But sometimes the media can get too aggressive and too negative on and con- story. conflict is a great story. And conflict, conflict does sell news. Tragedy is a great yeah. story. And so a reporter cornered forty-one George H. W. Bush, and it was a three-way race. Ross Perot and I, I forget the uh, the other gentleman who was running for president. And the reporter tried to get him uh, Dukakis. He tried to get him to say something bad about Dukakis. He said, "Is Dukakis too?" And I forgot what it was. And George H.W. Bush said, oh, I'm not, not going to say that about somebody else. And they said, well, is Ross Perot too selfish? And he said, well, I'm not going to say that about Ross Perot. And it just sucked the air out of the out of the room because there was they expected him to just trash somebody else who was running against. Wouldn't do it. Wouldn't do it. I, I think the people that trash other people, they feel they're the victim and they're also the judge. And it, 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 listeners on the Jim Fannin show, you know that. Uh, the list, uh, the the judge and the victim. We need to starve those two. We we have those remnants inside of us. Uh, hopefully, none of you do, but we've all had victim thoughts and judgmental thoughts. But if you really have a champion thought, uh, you're more giving. Uh, you may practice the golden rule, and uh, I I really believe good guys can finish first. I believe that, and. Um, I don't think you I understand going for the juggler vein uh, in competition. Well, what is that? It's really not putting the competition down. It's just increasing your intensity and narrowing your focus when the money's on the line. That's the killer instinct. Uh, But it's not doing harm to the competition. So uh, there's a lot to be learned from a lot of Americans and a lot of world leaders who've done this. Uh, in a very benevolent, win-win, balanced, simple way. And uh, that's what the score system is about. You know, the score system is a communication system on how you can communicate with you. That's the most important communication, how you talk to you, how you see the vision. And does the vision of each of the arenas of your life uh, do they overshadow all the negatives and all the naysayers? And will that really help you through the wall of scrutiny uh, that most of us don't want to scale? I get that. Uh, let's go back to the basics. It's the time of the year where you need to have a meeting with the chairman of your own personal company. Why owe you? We need to look in the mirror 
What do I want? What am I all about? Where am I going? Who would I like to go with me? And sometimes people refuse to go, but you know, the loved ones at least hold your hand out. I'm going to a higher level. Please come with me. Put your hand out. They, they won't always uh, uh, grab a hold and come with you in terms of extreme positivity. Uh, but you still put your hand out. And uh, some of us just need to go there. Um, shed negativity from your life. Starve the victim. Starve the judge. And start feeding the champion. Tis the season. This is going to help us not only close the 12th month, the fourth quarter of the year, so that you can really have a great 2018 ending, but it's this kind of process that's going to take you into the best year you've ever had in your life. Uh, And if 18 was that, then let's go up another level in 2019. Preparation. That's what this is all about. Close this year, prepare for a great year. That's why we've got our good friend Rob uh, Wilson on to talk a little bit about what you can do if you've got your own business, small business or medium-sized business, and what can you do to get prepared uh, with the people on your team to have your best year ever. Rob Wilson of Employco USA, one of our very favorite guests. Welcome back to the Jim Fannin Show. Hey, Rob. Thanks, Seth. Thanks for having me on. Rob, it tis the season. Uh, there's a lot going on. I know you're as busy as, at any time this year that, than maybe even the rest of the year. Let's talk about what a small business, uh, a medium-sized business, what do they need to do from an HR perspective? How do they get prepared for their best 2019? You know, it's a busy. Uh, it is definitely a busy season on the uh, on the HR front uh, for small businesses. You know, there's a lot going on in December. You're uh, you're trying to finish up the year strong. You know, there's uh, you should be looking at uh, as you're looking at most companies are doing bonuses, whether they're merit bonuses or holiday bonuses. You know, uh, with those go hand in hand performance reviews, and a lot of times small businesses, you know, the performance reviews they get ignored because. Everybody's so busy, but you know you really need to be doing performance reviews, looking at uh, looking at your talent in your company and where uh, where your talent needs to be next year as you're projecting your growth for 2019. So, that, uh, let alone the myriad of HR changes and law changes and tax changes. So it's a uh, December uh, as you're trying to get ready for the holidays. It's a uh, it's a it's a super busy time. Could it- you could also do this, obviously, every quarter. So maybe there's performance reviews every month. But, you know, if I'm a business owner and I, I my performance, uh, those reviews are more off the cuff, can you help a company with a, a basic template uh, for a performance review uh, to make it a little more uh, uniform, uh, consistent from employee to employee? Sure, absolutely. That's something that we provide to all our clients and happy to provide to your listeners as well, a couple different templates. And we've got a half a dozen different templates that we use depending on the 
the company and and the, the the structure of what they want to uh, uh, how they want it structured. But uh, a lot of times, what we recommend is you know especially in today's environment is uh, start with the employees doing a self review themselves, and we can provide you with uh, those forms as well. But so that self review really gives you an idea of what does the employee think of uh, themselves, the job, their work do, they're doing, and then and then meet with your uh, the supervisor or whatever team does the review so it uh, uh, so it's a two-way street you know I, I know that you have done this with your own company uh, and you've collected this data and then made swift changes because of it and uh, I think one thing's to do the review uh, and have the self-review, but when you get something that needs to be changed, can you activate it and uh, make it really happen? But you've had a lot of success with that. I think it really bolsters the trust factor um, and really bonds employees to the management and the ownership. Would you agree on that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. So you, uh, you know, the performance reviews are only as good as the action and the results that come out of them. So if you, uh, if you do a review and put it in a drawer and that's it, then, uh, you're doing a uh, disservice to both the, the man, you know, the manager as well as the employee. And, and at the end of the day, the company as well. So you really need to act on it. And, uh, and one of the things that we do every year for our clients too is we we roll out uh, we help them with employee surveys so let the employees uh, survey on the 20 30 questions that that we provide to them we put together focus groups and you really you get the buy-in of your employees and it definitely helps with your corporate culture yeah that internal communication I know that's absolutely crucial especially if you're trying to get your company in the zone what, what what's going to happen if Boy, I, you know, maybe I lost some, a little money this year, and and you know, I'm looking forward to putting 2018 behind me, and I'm I'm ready to kickstart a, a great new year. I've got to look at my HR costs, um, and is that something that you do? You'll go through health insurance, uh, workman's con- all those things. What 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 kind of review if I was going to walk into your company and say, "Hey, I'd like to have a better 2019. Here's what I've done in 18." What's the process? How do you, how do you do that? How do you, how do you make yeah, this would- happen? We look at a couple of different things. One, uh, health insurance, it's, it's pretty black and white. You know, and uh, some companies, you've seen them have only a, a 10% renewal. And we, I just looked at a company yesterday that had a, a 38% renewal increase. So you've, uh, health insurance, pretty easy to do. You know, our, uh, we buy in huge volume. So our, our renewal is about 4% this year. So that's uh, an easy comparison to save money. But then we also look at, you know, your HR operations when you look, go across your operations and, are they how efficient are you are you in compliance with uh with the di- different regulatory issues across the country we look at workers comp we look at how can we increase your performance of your company how how engaged are your employees so there's a, a pretty good review that we do that so uh, some of it's black and white like health insurance right, rates but other others is how can we help your uh, your employees be more efficient and uh, and operate uh, at at a higher level I've noticed a lot of companies don't have uh, handbooks for their employees, kind of the rules of the road. This is how we operate. Here's when we open. Here's when we close. Here's how many sick days. Here are the holidays. Do you find that a lot of companies, uh, big and small, are not organized with this as uh, as well as they could be? 
we see many small businesses that don't have handbooks, and it's something that we would uh, we definitely recommend. You know, it's it's not illegal not to have a handbook, but it definitely helps govern and give direction to your employees, especially as we, you mentioned, sick and vacation time. It uh, it really lays out the uh, the conduct that's expected. It doesn't have to be overly complicated, but it gives you a good starting point. Uh, as always, so no matter how small you are, I would uh, I would put put one together. That's uh, something that we do for all of our clients. Um, the other thing is that the laws are changing. Um, work laws, employee laws. Uh, Michigan now has uh, recreational marijuana. However, the the towns can say, well, that may be fine for the state, but not in Saginaw. Or a company has the right to say, well, that's fine, uh, but not here. We're still going to do drug testing. Uh, you're up to speed on all the laws throughout the country and helping uh, companies navigate through this from from transgender employees to marijuana laws to everything else. How much of your time do you spend on bringing people up to speed of what's legal and what's not legal? Yeah, our, our HR team uh, does that every day for, for businesses, and it's constantly changing. Now is a super busy time for new laws that are going to affect uh, the January 1st. Some of those laws were voted on as, as uh, in the spring and summer and with a, a lead time before they go active. So we're, we're working with our clients every day and making sure they're up to date, whether it's proper postings or adjusting that handbook. Because now you know, you're in Michigan and you've got recreational marijuana, but you really – whether it's marijuana or a person, uh, you know, was hurt for whatever reason, had a tooth pulled, and you you're on Vicodin. If you're on Vicodin, you shouldn't be operating a forklift, you know, yeah. whether it's right. Vicodin or, or right. medical marijuana. So things like that, we work with our clients every day on. What's the best way if I have a company and I need to shore up my human resource uh, part of my business? What's the best way to get a hold of you, and and uh, what can you provide uh, people? I know you've got a special offer for the listeners on the Jim Fannin show. Sure. So you know, we love working with uh, with you, Jim, and and Jim Fannin Brand. So any uh, any of your listeners, happy to give them a free HR consultation to give them a, a thirty minute overview of look at their program and and uh, see where uh, where we can help them. So happy to personally be involved with that along with my HR team. So. Uh, my uh, I answer all my own emails, so my uh, my email is Rob Wilson at employco dot com, and uh, as well my uh, my direct number if you want to call direct to my office is six three zero two eight six seven three four five. Hey, Rob, if we can just go out on a, a bit of a personal note, I know you're a uh, practitioner of the SCORE system and, uh, you know, you have a coaching relationship with Jim. If I can paraphrase something Jim once said, you said you never knew you could be this successful working in, uh, you know, vacation time because at one time that was really difficult for you to take, right? So can you tell me a little bit about how you, you know, personally kind of reordered your life, your business, use the 90 second rule to, uh, to just really get some balance? Sure. So I've, I've been using the uh, 90, 90 second rule ever since I met Jim. I uh, use it uh, in my personal life, business life. Uh, found that uh, you know, getting together with Jim and mapping out a, uh, a strategy for uh, for uh, business, personal, recreational, family across the board. Uh, you know, the, the score system. I, I think it helps you make uh, uh, better decisions, quicker decisions, organizes your life more. 
our our business has grown tremendously, and uh, I I travel more. You know, Fair amount of business, but a fair amount of personal as well. So it's a uh, uh, the score system has been uh, has been fantastic for uh, for me. Hey Rob, thank you so much for saying that because I think a lot of people get in a rut of thinking all I do is work and there's no way out of it and this is all I can do. And you always have options. So thanks for just speaking into that. I appreciate sure. it. And and if if you're interested in saving some money, finding out where point A is in your HR for your company, uh, and you're looking to have your greatest 2019, give Rob a call or shoot him an email. Thanks a lot, Rob. We love having you on. And uh, as we get into 2019, there's going to be some specific issues we're going to bring you on as, as our uh, resident expert on small, medium-sized business. So happy to give you some uh, some insight. Uh, big believer in uh, in the score system and uh, the blueprint. Uh, uh, you know, blueprint is a fantastic book, so it's uh, it's really helped all of us here at uh, at Employco. I love it. Thanks, Rob. Hey, thanks, Rob. You have a yeah. great day. Have a great right. December. Thanks, guys. So, Seth, let's um, let's talk about who's in the zone. First of all, you know, the zone is peak performance mindset. Uh, the mind is uh, uh, disciplined, focused confident, cool, relaxed, free from worry, anxiety, and definitely loving what you do and doing what you love. And some people are in it and uh, some are not. Uh, So let's check out and see who is in the zone. Yeah. We've got some interesting zone performances this week. Major heavyweight boxing match out in L.A. over the weekend ended in a pretty controversial decision, a tie. Always interesting to, you know, buy a pay-per-view or buy a ticket and uh, go to an event and there isn't a winner. Uh, great setup for a rematch. So, I, <laughs> you know, I don't know about that tie. I, I, I saw that fight and I'm like, I don't know what that one judge uh, was thinking about. Uh, one scored 115 to 11 Wilder, 115 to 110 Fury. And then someone said it was a tie. But uh, it was very interesting. But I think the post-fight press conference was pretty revealing for Wilder. You know, Deontay Wilder almost read out of the blueprint by Jim Fannin. I mean, he, it was almost an exact page out of there. Well, there, he was quoted and he said, I was trying too hard and that he performs better when he just goes with the flow. And, of course, we know the word try, T-R-Y, to ruin yourself. And I think most of us have been trained to try hard. You know, we're out playing ball and and uh, you're playing Little League, we're playing soccer, we're playing basketball, we're on the field, we're kids, and our parents wanted to see our faces grimacing and, and, and show that strain that, Dad, Mom, I'm giving it everything I, I can, I'm trying. Uh... Now, to be losing and look like you're not trying, that, that's usually when you had the talk on the way uh, back from the sporting event uh, about uh, you weren't taking this seriously. And uh, the best in the world look like they're not trying. They are effortless. Uh, their mindset, though, is taut, T-A-U-T. It's locked in like a rope really pulled, taut. The energy's flowing. It's intense. But the body, just as Wilder said, I need to go with the flow. And the body is the slave to the mastermind. You know, and there were some commentators, I watched some YouTube coverage of this, 
people saying that he was trying so hard for a big punch, he almost literally tripped himself and fell down in the ring. That that's to ruin yourself right there. Well, I, I think when we try too hard, more mistakes, more accidents. Uh, when we're trying to get from A to B in our car, that's usually when we get a speeding ticket. Uh, we have a fender bender. Uh, we get too close to the car in front of us. Or accidents occur really when the mind is not in the game of what you're doing at that moment. You know, and Jim, if we could just drop in a little five second reset here. You, you have the 90 second rule, which Rob mentioned, but there is even a five second version. If you were in the middle of a pitch, a major meeting, some sort of competition, you can take five seconds, go blank and come right back in, right? Unhinge your jaw, lift your chin slightly above uh, parallel, shut your eyes and just see a dark blank screen. Clear, clear your mind. No future, no past, just be. You want to focus on your breathing? That's fine. You can do it five seconds. This this has been done at the Super Bowl. This has been done at Wimbledon Center Court. It's been done at the Masters. It's been done on the mound during the World Series. And um, the reboot, uh, champions can reboot eight, nine, ten times. You might want to reboot before you go home. You might want to reboot just before you walk into your office. I reboot before every show. I'm prepared. Uh, I'm not always sure where the show is going to take us, uh, but I have a generic idea of what we'd like to accomplish. Uh, but I always reboot and clear my mind, uh, and that helps me not overthink. Remember, if you're locked into a zone state, you've got 30 40% less thoughts than the average person walking around. Champions think less, not more, but when they do think, it's decisive. It's disciplined, and it's very focused. You know, we've got three groups here that have a chance to get back in the zone. Pretty odd to have three major coaches fired in less than 48 hours, but uh, the Green Bay Packers actually fired their head coach, Mike McCarthy. It's actually over at my uh, sister and brother-in-law's, and my eight-year-old nephew, who's just obsessed with, you know, will watch every NFL game, ran in and said that the TV said that uh, the Packers had just, you know, fired... Mike McCarthy, the coach, immediately after the game. And I was, I mean, he's a smart kid, but he's eight. I'm like, do, do coaches get fired immediately after a game mid-season? Yeah. Yes, that, that did happen. Uh, University of Akron fired their coach, uh, a son of the famous Bobby Bowden. This is Terry Bowden, University of Akron. Been there seven years. Wiped out the entire, not only coach, the staff, the strength and conditioning, everybody. Complete makeover. People are looking to win. And it is December. It's the time to get ready for a better 19. Yeah, the other two teams with major changes. Chicago Bulls cut ties with Fred Hoiberg, their head coach, uh, who was at a 5-19 and 19 start. Uh, by the way, Steve Kerr from the Warriors did jump in and say that Fred really didn't get a chance there. And then Urban Meyer of Ohio State University said that uh, he's hanging it up after the season. Obviously, he's had a, a great career. Uh, and after the Rose Bowl, it's... Well, we'll, it's, talk it's about, we'll talk about Fred. You know, he's got a young group of players... Uh, their record five and nineteen. I've watched some Bulls games. I'm not sure what they're trying to do, uh, but uh, maybe he didn't have a chance, which is what Steve Kerr said. Um, I think he was a great college coach. I think you'll find a college coaching job, uh, but uh, I'm not sure his demeanor uh, uh, and, and maybe his experience uh, was ready for the NBA. Uh, a lot of people says that it was not. 
but they waited a long time. I, I'm not sure he should have even started the season. And then Urban Meyer, I mean, obviously he had some controversy. He had a few health issues. Uh, I think he's looking to do a reset in his life, not just his career. I think he's really looking for a reset. I lived in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, it is a very unusual sports town because there's only one game in town, and it, <laughs> it, it's the Buckeyes. There's no pro sports teams. Uh, well, that's uh, there. There is a uh, hockey team. A hockey yeah. team, Fairly definitely. Recently, yeah, and and uh, there is a professional soccer team. But I'm talking about a major uh, baseball, football, basketball team. Uh, the Buckeyes is the whole thing. Now, I believe uh, Urban Meyer's looking for a life reset, uh, kind of a reboot, if you will. And I think that's a good time uh, to do it. Now, his was voluntary. He he literally resigned, so he wasn't fired. Ho- Hoiberg fired. McCarthy fired. There's going to be a few more uh, that are definitely uh, going to hit the axe here in December, in my opinion. So let's talk about as a team or as a manager, as a coach in, you know, in corporate or in sports worlds. How do you find the zone again? Because this is total whiplash. Like, I'm guessing that for the Green Bay Packers, it's possible the media had this before the players actually all before it had circulated to the entire team. That's just total whiplash to come back from. Well, there have been rumblings about him and and, uh, people are calling him out on missed calls, non-calls, just guiding the strategy, tactics, timeouts. All of those things have come under scrutiny, and they've piled up. Obviously, they're not winning. Obviously, they've got uh, one of the greatest, if not the greatest of all-time quarterbacks. Uh, That window of Aaron Rodgers being at the pinnacle Although we can look at Drew Brees and goes, well, I don't know. He might be able to play well into his 40s. But uh, they know there is a window for Aaron Rodgers, and they want the best uh, possible offense to showcase his incredible talent. I think that was a lot of it. But, look, winning cures everything. Uh, They were going to get rid of Everybody in Dallas, now Dallas believes they're great and they're going to the Super Bowl. At least if you're from Dallas, you believe that. Uh, but it wasn't uh, But a couple of weeks ago. Get rid of the coach, get rid of the quarterback, uh, you know, reinvent everything. So winning cures all. There's no doubt about that. This is a pretty unique example of being in the zone. And you're, Jim, what you describe as that physical psychological state where nothing can go wrong. Cole McCoy actually held that for a couple plays after breaking his leg. He's the uh, quarterback for Washington and he had two pretty good plays. And then, you know, obviously the pain kicked in. I thought that, you know, and we wish him a speedy recovery. I thought this was just a really good example of being in the zone that, you know, even if you're sick, even if you're injured, you can find it. Well, once you're in a zone state, um, there is incredible pain management. In fact, the pain uh, definitely can go away. Uh, you're definitely not hungry uh, when you're in the zone. And um, I, I have collected over the years uh, little snippets of incredible feats, physical feats. Uh, a person steps on uh, a, a landmine. His buddy who also is hit by shrapnel, but not as 
badly as the guy that stepped on it. And but he loses part of his foot. And so part of his foot is missing. He's got more shrapnel. He picks his friend up, his buddy, who's badly injured, possibly dying, going to die, carries him a mile on a partial foot and had no sense of pain. And when it was over, didn't realize what he had done. Now, that's a super zone state. The zone is... It's not designed to make a free throw in a crucial moment or make that sales presentation where you knock it out of the park. Uh, the zone can help you do those things, but it's designed to get you out of danger. And one of the things the zone can do is cauterize a wound and activate the body for instant super healing. So what Colt uh, McCoy did was uh, uh, it's just how powerful the zone mindset really is. Uh, and when you're in it, uh, you can overcome a lot of things. You can reverse uh, and put cancer in remission. I know that. I, I've seen people do it. I've helped people get into that zone state. So uh, the zone is definitely, it's not a panacea for getting through all physical ailments, uh, but it is definitely going to help you uh, manage it. I know I had complete shoulder replacement. And I knew that there was a possibility because of the pain that I could feel, oh, man, I'm, you know, I'm sore, I'm hurting. I, I knew that being a victim was possible, and, and I knew that uh, being a judge, uh, judging everybody was possible. And uh, I had some preparation time to get myself into a zone state, and I know the day after a complete shoulder replacement, uh, you and I did a show. You did. We didn't say a thing about it. And nobody knew a difference until months later when you mentioned it on air. Yeah. And, and so, but that's the zone. And right now, you know, through DNA, it's in all of us. It is a super healer that can really pull the elixirs out of your body uh, for super healing. And it can help you with all kinds of uh, physical ailments. Uh, being in the zone, especially if you get the sniffles, uh, that's when you want to be in that zone state. And, uh, eradicate the virus uh, and, and make your body healthy. You know, one of the things I like to do, and, and now is the time when the sniffles, the flu season, all that. As soon as you get the sniffles, shut your eyes, relax, unhinge your jaw, and then have a little discussion, realizing that real living organisms do not want to be in a hostile environment. And they don't want to have sex in a hostile environment. Who would want to have sex in a hostile environment? Well, not a virus. How do you, how do you turn your body into a hostile environment? So the virus doesn't propagate, doesn't multiply, in fact, actually leave. I'm healthy. I'm healthy. You must leave. Get out of the temple of Jim. You can have that conversation with that little bug that's living a real organism, and you can get it out of the temple of you. And, um, and I've been doing that for 40 years. I get a little medieval with it, and, uh, but I don't succumb to it and become a victim or a judge of the sniffles. Tis the season. Put up your uh, barriers and be prepared uh, to uh, 
get the viruses out of your body when they attack. You know, ever since you taught that to me, I, I've been a lot less squeamish around people who are coughing. I used to be like, oh man, I hope I don't get sick. I hope I don't get sick, which is not the right mindset. Now I just go yeah, to. Yeah, because th- think about it. I hope I don't get sick. So what is on the screen of space in your mind? <laughs> it's you <laughs> being sick. Yeah, chronic cough. <laughs> but you're yeah. picturing being sick and your subconscious doesn't know fantasy from reality. That's why positive self-talk is so crucial. But when we think we're being sick, we're putting on the screen, I am sick. And your subconscious, which has no reasoning capability, it's a processor based on a quantum level. So I am healthy thoughts uh, will get rid of I'm sick thoughts. And that's how you stay healthy. And uh, so flood your mind with what you want. Definitely not what you don't want. Let's jump over to the NBA for one more piece of uh, in the zone. Uh, Nikola Jokic, Denver Nuggets. I would say this is an example of one player really helping to pull an entire team into the zone uh, as they uh, knocked off the Toronto Raptors 106-103. And the Raptors just knocked off uh, the Golden State Warriors, even though they were minus a couple of superstars. Uh, They've got Kawhi Leonard, uh, who uh, is definitely a bona fide superstar and one of the top Five players in the NBA, maybe top three uh, in the NBA. Denver Nuggets, uh, you don't hear a lot about the Denver Nuggets like we do with the Lakers because of LeBron or Curry and Durant because of Golden State and definitely Toronto because of the Raptors. But I I think this guy, uh, Jokic, he is a – well, he had a triple-double, but it's how he goes about it. Uh, Jamal Murray, who played for Kentucky, and I followed him in his career, uh, was talking about it, uh, and, and he just smiled and 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 realized that the music coming down uh, from the locker room, uh, he smiled because he knew where that music was coming from, and uh, it was coming from Jokic. And um, 23 points, 11 rebounds, 15 assists, triple-double. He's sitting there rocking out to music on his cell phone. All by himself. And that, send, that's optimism. Send, it is. And it's just being. And, uh, yeah, this kid's uh, definitely superstar in the making, and we'll see what it does with the Nuggets. It's going to make the Western Conference interesting, even more so. We mentioned earlier in the show that uh, too much negative news actually can make you overeat and overspend. So let's look at some positive news. All right, so... This one actually kind of is pointed right back at me. I uh, I dropped a glass last night, cut my finger, you know, bleeding a pretty good bit. I'm okay now. Were you, However, were, were you thinking a negative thought when you did? You that? know, you need to go back and inspect that. I probably do. What were you doing? What were you thinking? Uh, that's a were good. You in a hurry? Were you in a I rush? think I was in a hurry. I was tired and I was in a hurry, right, and I right, did it. All right, lay down on the couch. <laughs> oh, no, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so uh, this isn't on the market yet, but th- this has been proven to work, and they think they can make these uh, cheap. Believe it or not, actually putting electricity through wounds from everyday cuts up through you know surgery sutures can actually help you uh, heal three to four times as fast. Scientists have already have known this for a long time. They haven't really figured out how to use it yet. And it looks like we're getting very close to where you can actually buy, this sounds so strange, but electric bandages at, uh, you know, down at your local Walgreens in a couple of years and heal those cuts up three or four times as fast. Wow. How does, I mean, how does that work? Electric bandages at low cost. Yeah. 
uh, it's electrical stimulation that basically just makes your skin grow back faster. Uh, they just haven't been able to do it cheap enough or conveniently enough to be able to make that available to the general public. So, so the doctor says, well, this will heal in two weeks. Uh, these bandages, three days. That's... I, I'd like to have some electric bandages, please. <laughs> I'll always go the route that's three to four times as fast. We do want to give a shout out to uh, the New York Police Department. You may have seen this jumping around on social media. <laughs> British couple came to New York to get engaged and dropped the ring down a sewer grate. You, you, you talk about a score breaker taking you out of the moment. It's hard to think of one bigger than that right off the top of my head. Yeah, he was actually down on one knee in Times Square. Uh, pretty. Uh, uh, it, it's a moment of their life. Think about it. The moment of their life. Drops down on one knee, gets the ring out, and then fumbles it, obviously in a little bit of a panic, drops it into a grate, gone, and I'm sure they were stunned and in shock. And uh, the police found it and then by social media got in touch with this couple. Uh, I saw the picture of them smiling back in England uh, with the ring. Uh, what a great story. They're now world famous. Uh, he may look like a, you know, a dunderhead by, by uh, <laughs> fumbling it, but I can understand it, you know. Yeah, you're I, nervous. Uh, yes, I totally understand that. I, I remember... Uh, proposing and uh yeah uh you you're you think you're in the zone but it's definitely a life-changing moment do you remember when you proposed i do yeah well the thing is is i actually had scrapped two or three plans because i ordered a ring from canada because it was a good deal and i like the jeweler not realizing that stuff has to go through customs and so it took like two or three months to show up and so i scrapped a couple plans september planning on it scrapped it October scrapped it first day of November. The ring finally shows up. And I, at that point I had a backup plan. We're going in the city and I'm like, okay, there it is. I proposed uh, <laughs> during a full day women's seminar <laughs> no, I, I, on stage. I did not know that <laughs> I did on stage. I actually have it on video. Uh, and she cried out. I said, will you marry me? And she cried out, no, as, <laughs> as in, no, this can't be happening. And everybody was uh, totally stunned in the audience. And, uh, and I go, it is no means. What does no mean? Oh, my, <laughs> she goes, oh my God. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I know everyone. I, I just had a, a client uh, hire a photographer down on Lake Michigan uh, when it was a little bit warmer. This is about a month ago. And uh, propose, and they've got close-up shots of uh, the fiance, you know, freaking out. And um, he had a photographer kind of lurking in the in in the trees with a telescopic lens. Uh, but he proposed right in front of uh, Chicago's the backdrop. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's another season. I've got another client that uh, will be proposing. I need to be quiet there, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. that, that story better end right there. Yeah, we'll end it right there. Well, if we can tie these last two pieces together, one thing that you told me that I thought was um, hilarious was that you actually had bought a, a diamond out of town and you just put it in your pocket and flew home. Uh, I did. <laughs> I did. I yes, I did. I don't know. I yes, I did. I don't. I wasn't thinking. <laughs> We've done, I was. That? I was in the marriage zone. <laughs> you were in the marriage zone. Yeah. We. You know, we do crazy things. We do. Well, on the other hand, probably the TSA just didn't even believe it. They might have seen you on the uh, 
the x-ray like, nope nobody just flies the diamond through uh through the airport <laughs> Yeah, that was kind of strange. But uh, yeah, it, it worked out well. It, <laughs> it worked out well. Well, there was a a businessman who flew with a quite a bit of value on in his carry-on. Uh, he actually went out to uh, San Diego. This guy is 90 years old. His name is Bob Wilson. He's a restaurateur, real estate developer. And he went to Paradise High School with two briefcases where they had the tragedy, the fire, the wildfires in California. Oh my goodness. Two briefcases full of checks and just basically said, who's been affected uh, and handed out two briefcases full of a thousand dollar checks and just said, you know what, whatever it is you need help with, let's do it. Think about this. Everybody in the high school, including the janitor and the bus driver and the bus driver and the, and the kids, uh, he wrote, Checks one thousand dollars at a time, one point one million dollars, uh, and he gave them no criteria. Here, hope this helps you through the holidays. Hope, hopefully, this helps you recover uh, from your tremendous loss. Uh, Tis the season. Kudos to uh, Mr. Wilson. Uh, what a great gesture! Hey, you know how all these pieces come together. The stuff we're talking about, these phenomenal performances, every single performance that we've talked about here is actually made up of five different elements, which uh, spell out the word score, S-C-O-R and E. And hey, we always end the show with it because you always need to be coming back to this element of, uh, of what Jim has taught over 2,500 clients that are peak performers in everything from pro sports to business. It's good enough for the best in the world. It is good enough to be working into your daily routine. And if you're smart, start working on this multiple times a day. Score check. Each of us, from being a kid to the 90-year-old gentleman, from 5 to 90, we all have higher low levels of self-discipline, concentration, optimism, relaxation, and enjoyment. And settle in right now and put your awareness on you, on your life as it is right now. And if you want to do this generically for your overarching life, that's fine. If you want to do it just for business or just for relationships or just for parenting, that's on you. How is your self-discipline right now? Is it high? Is it low? Where, Where is it? The willingness, the commitment to stay with tasks to reach well-defined goals that take you to the vision. Now, if you don't have visions, if you don't have well-defined goals with timelines, well, you're going to have to say, you know, my my discipline's low. It's pretty low because the discipline part of you overarchs your strategy, tactics of how you're going to live your life. But you also have a higher low level of concentration. You can be in the future. You can be in the past. Or you can be locked into the moment listening to the show right now. How's your concentration? Is it fluctuate? And what's causing it to fluctuate? Am I really locked in mentally, physically, while I'm executing the task that lead to the goals? Now, if you're struggling with self-discipline, you're probably struggling also with concentration. They're right next to each other. But you need discipline with goal setting and, and having those real clear visions in order to focus energy somewhere. So if you're disciplined, it's going to be easier now to focus your mental and physical energy 
on the task that's going to lead to those things that make that vision manifest. How's your concentration? Are you easily disturbed in your focus? Can you be locked in and then all of a sudden you look at your cell phone and you're not locked in? Check your concentration level. How about your optimism? It's right in the middle of the word score. It's the glue that holds everything together. It has a jurisdiction, this optimism over trust. Trust that what you got's enough. Confidence. Self-esteem. That's the wall of scrutiny we talked about, what you think other people think about you. How's your optimism? Especially how is it related to the vision that you've selected and the goals that you've put in place to lead you to that vision? How's your confidence? And do you have enough confidence to even make the first step in that direction of climbing that mountain? Optimism. That's your belief. But even more than belief, that's your expectancy, and that's your sense of knowing. How's your optimism? Does it need a little boost? Or are you good? How's your relaxation? I think this is something all of us can improve on. You know, when we're operating at our best, we'll have under 10 breaths a minute, even as low as 6 even to 8 breaths per minute. That's long inhale long exhale. But if you're worried about something, if you're fearful about that next move, fearful about what might happen, and you've become anxious about it, you're going to see your breathing rise. And if it gets past 20 breaths a minute, you can enter panic mode. And that's where accidents occur and mistakes occur. If you're under 10 breaths a minute, the odds on you having an accident it definitely diminishes. How's your relaxation level? Are you free from worry, free from anxiety, especially as we move into the 12th month of the year? And then last, and it's definitely the end of the word score, but it's last for a reason. It's the bottom line. Enjoyment. What's the point? Are you having fun? Are you having fun meeting the challenges? And if you've got a a steep, steep climb. And that apex is maybe a place you've never been before. You've never gone that high in your career. Um, you got to enjoy even the adversity of it, the competition of it, and, yes, climbing even the wall of scrutiny. Hopefully you'll take the elevator to get up there with the vision tucked under your arm. But you got to love what you do and do what you love. And are you laughing every day? You know, I can think back to my childhood and this time of year already, Mahalia Jackson was belting out gospel and uh, uh, Stevie Wonder and Elvis. Music was in my home. We were poor as a church mouse, but we still laughed every day. We had fresh flowers, even though they were picked on the side of the road. And we actually loved being with each other. We enjoyed having dinner with each other. And I think we need that in our society. And maybe that's something you need in your life. Maybe you need more smiles and maybe you need a little pep in your step and maybe you need some passion. I had a client yesterday who realized I'm not performing with passion. This is an NFL player. 
I need more passion. He was coming in really trying too hard, uh, forcing the action, uh, not pleased with all the results. And then eventually he started laughing and um, enjoying himself. And um, definitely performance will increase. How's your E level? You're only as strong as the weakest link, S-C-O-R-E. Now, you have a score level, not only overarching your overall life, but as a parent, how's your score level? As a son or daughter, maybe your parents are getting up in years. Maybe you're starting to make more decisions for mom and dad. Maybe you're actually the coach now. That can put some stress. Uh, Definitely, there's stress seeing parents diminish in health. Uh, That says, oh, my goodness. Uh, I'm thinking thoughts I've never thought before about mom and dad. They've always been uh, the knight in shining armor, you know, and, and uh, but now I'm taking care of them. I know that score breakers are there, and the first thing you can do is squash enjoyment. Check your score level in every arena of your life. Personal finance, how's your score level? Are you managing it well? Do you have a plan of savings? Do you have a blueprint? And obviously in your business, you got to have fun. We don't need J-O-Bs. We need careers, and we need things that we... I can't wait to get to work. I can't wait to come in uh, and have the camaraderie. How's your enjoyment level? How's your relaxation level? How's your discipline level? What's the weakest link in each of the arenas of your life? Once all of these are balanced at a high level, the zone arrives. But you attract it. You attract the zone with how you think. You don't go to the zone. You don't get in the zone. I've even said get in the zone. But getting in the zone is allowing it to come to you. Get out of the way is really the phrase. And let it come to you. We know trying too hard is going to repel the zone. It's going to be in the next zip code. Seriously? It's not going to be engulfing you like you can put it on like an overcoat. The zone, this this is not just for the superstar athlete. This is not a superstar athlete show. The zone is for you. You have it in you right now. And the zone is contagious. You get in the zone, people around you will be more prone to be in the same mindset. And you can do this. Get your family in the zone. Get your department in the zone. Get your company in the zone. Get your entire family in the zone. That includes Uncle Fred. Get him in the zone. It's the only place to be. Seth, you are a blessed man. You're a new dad. I'm so happy for you. You come in You come in here now different. I don't know if you know. It, it does. You, you come in with the biggest smile on your face. It's, it's awesome. Well, and as you said, I've got a Zodiac living in my house that will just spontaneously laugh. <laughs> yeah. It will spontaneously discover the world. And-, and, and even so young, she's so in the moment. She notices everything in the room and, and and my grandson the same and there's so much to be be a kid again you know i i, I had a uh, coach tell one of my clients quit being a kid and he told me about it and he goes what do you think about that and i go be a kid again it's <laughs> i've written articles on that we need to be kids again 
kids are in the moment. They don't think about the past. Learn from it and then discard it. Uh, Go back in the past maybe to have a belly laugh with an old friend, but you don't need to stay there. And the future, champions only go there. Planning, strategy, tactics. We need to be kids again, and that's why I love this time of year. It's a time to be a kid again. And So put a song in your heart, put a smile on your face, go out and be in the zone, everybody, and get everybody else you know to be in the zone. And uh, if there's anything you need, ask Jim at jimfannon.com. Send us an email. I respond to this immediately. Uh, I'm I'm here 24-7. We're like Denny's. We're always open. And um, make everybody around you better. Be in the zone, everybody. It's the only place to be. Need more help getting to the zone or want to check out some of Jim's books? Follow Jim on Twitter at Jim Fannin or visit JimFannon.com for more incredible tips to help you become your best, most authentic self. This has been the Jim Fannin Show on Radio Influence. This week on Crush Performance, we dip into the old mailbag to answer some questions from our listeners, and I pose a few questions of my own. Over the past few weeks, I've been asked why we watch and follow certain pro teams and players, and I lay it all out this week. And I just got back from speaking at a coaching and player development clinic, and I want to talk about some of the hot topics that came up regarding youth sport and development why early specialization in sport is such a dangerous game to play. And we'll also discuss the Great Time article, How Kids Sport Became a $15 Billion Industry. And my question of the day is, what is the most important factor in maximizing sport outcomes? There were some really interesting thoughts from our athletes, coaches, and from you, the Crush Performance family. So let us know what you think. Drop us an email at crushperformance.com. And while you're there, sign up for the Crush newsletter and subscribe to our podcast. You can get it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and on Google Play, and right here on Radio Influence.